You're listening to Healthcare Now Radio. Stand by for this just in the latest in healthcare innovation and technology trends with your HIT advisor, Justin Barnes. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to This Just In. I'm your host, Justin Barnes. In these half-hour segments, I'll bring you the latest advancements in healthcare, strategy, innovation, and public policy. As always, we're broadcasting from the This Just In studios on the Business Radio X network, as well as the Healthcare Now radio network. For this episode, my 106th episode, we're going to speak with an industry colleague, Matt Ferrari, CTO of Clear Data, and the new host of the Healthcare Now radio show, CTO Talk. Great to have you in the air today, Matt. Welcome. Justin, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here, and specifically for the 106th show. That's very exciting for you, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, actually, these shows are really starting to uh, to creep up, but um, always uh, they always get more fun and meet new people. And so our, cross, our paths had not crossed before, um, but, uh, but tell us a bit more about your background. Where'd you grow up, attend college, start your career, all that good stuff. Sure, I'd love to. So I grew up in New York, um, just outside of New York City. And uh, after after school, I ended up going to college in the University of Delaware. And my father has a neuropsychology background, so a neuropsychology professor. So I ended up attending the University of Delaware um, in the computer science field. At that time, met my wife, built a family. And after some time doing software development and banking, decided to get rooted in startups. So actually became uh, one of the very first employees of a, of a dot-com in the early dot-com kind of bubble days, which was pretty scary times, and uh, was lucky enough to be part of an uh, amazing growth story um, with a company called Host My Site, which eventually became hosting.com, a very large public cloud company, mm-hmm. and uh, worked in every department you could think of, all the way from support to to overnights, to training, to development, to building data centers, and was lucky enough and fortunate enough to sell that um, to a private equity in 2009, but decided to stay on board. Uh, one of my passion is really people and, and growing people, so decided to stay on board. So my family and I boxed up a truck and moved to Denver, where I was able to help build my last data center in Denver, Colorado. Stayed in Colorado until 2014 when I had the fortune of really pursuing one of my passions, which was making a difference inside of healthcare. Just my, my family is rooted in healthcare professionally and personally. So made a decision in 2014 to join this, this little startup at the time during their Series B round called Clear Data, which is, uh, which is where I'm at today. At Clear Data, as the Chief Technology Officer, which is the exact same role I had at Hosting.com, my day-to-day responsibilities are all around product development, product management, and product vision. So how do I think about addressing the market? What problems keep um, the healthcare you know, CIO up at night? And ultimately, how can I make an impact in kind of this global phenomenon that, that is the, the ever-changing healthcare ecosystem? Sure. No, excellent. We actually have similar backgrounds. I love technology. I love healthcare. 
but I also love coaching people and coaching up teams uh, and employees and in companies overall. So we have a lot in common, certainly there. And I know that we're going to dive into um, our other thing that we have in common, CTO Talk, which is your new radio show. But before we dive in there, tell us about uh, Clear Data because it's a, that's a newer company to my uh, to my world. So tell us about that, please. Absolutely. So Clear Data it focuses 100% on healthcare. So they only serve healthcare organizations that are looking to move to cloud or have already transformed to cloud-based services. Um, so Clear Data serves really four segments in our world. That would be healthcare providers, all the way from a small clinic to a large uh, multi-practice hospital. We also serve payers, so working with a lot of blues across the nation, um, and then pharmaceutical organizations internationally. So pharmaceutical organizations that are doing things like clinical trials and genetic genetic testing and research and things like that. And then finally, ISV SAS organizations. You know, it's it's become a passion of mine um, to be fully transparent to figure out a way to help SAS and ISVs live a compliant life and a secure life, but still be able to transform uh, healthcare. So to give you a quick example, Justin, you know my my daughter, who's 14, um, you know, recently visited the clinic and the doctor walks in and, and has a mobile application up and to be able to be able to store PHI on a mobile device is a complex thing. But the truth is, the more and more we can help these healthcare organizations do those things, the quicker patients can be seen, the more costs can continue to be cut, those kind of things have become very important to me personally. Um, Clear Data themselves focuses on how to get uh, protected health information or PHI into the cloud, whether it be um, Amazon or Microsoft Azure or Google, and really focusing on how do we keep it secure and compliant at all times. So we've built our own intellectual property that customers can see almost near real time how compliant are they against standards in the industry, things like HIPAA or High Trust or GDPR, um, very or even GXP as you think about the pharmaceutical world. So the truth is um, what we've learned and what I've learned in my journey here is that most healthcare organizations trust the cloud when they move to it, but simply don't know how to keep it maintained and operational. And, and to that point, the other, you know, the other scary truth is a lot of the healthcare IT organizations simply don't have the time to even keep up with the Joneses when it comes to compliance regulatory changes and things right. like that. So the truth has become that help, that clear data focuses on how can we keep those organizations compliant? How can we keep them online all the time? How do we protect them as best as we can from things like security incidents, breaches, and, and ransomware? And, and that has become our mission. Uh, that's excellent. Obviously, that's on fire. And I know we hit a couple of those points during our talk today. On a side note, I actually may be in touch. I have a new investment um, that I'm looking into and it's actually with a Chinese company. And so I might have has asked some questions because they obviously don't navigate HIPAA in that market, but um, but we might be bringing some of that data here and vice versa. And I think having, I'd like to have a conversation with you guys around that offline. But um, it sounds like you guys, you know, obviously squarely in the, in the right spot and space here in America. So tell us, before we dive into some of the other pieces of the market and, and, um, and what's happening out there in the security purpose and security world, tell us about CTO Talk. I mean, this is a new show that Healthcare Now Radio is going to be publishing, um, and you're going to be the host. So tell us about it, what sort of things you're going to talk about, guests you're going to have, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So 
here's why I'm excited about TTO Talk. First off, it's an opportunity for me to really have uh, a more open dialogue. Uh, the, one of the amazing things about the role of a CTO in, in my kind of world is that I get to talk to prospects and customers all day long. I get to, you know, fly around and meet with CIOs and CTOs and even, you know, organizations that have, uh, you know, CMOs or chief medical information officers, if you will, and really talk to them about what problems are they, what problems keep them up at night? What are they actually thinking about? Not just the technical solution. That, that's kind of the output or the outcome, if you will. There's an opportunity for me to really geek out um, with guests, um, customers, and, and hopefully just the community, really talking about what is important in the market from uh, a healthcare perspective from the eyes of a CTO. So topics might include things like uh, security breaches. You know, those are rampant in healthcare, and we know that there's been record fines over the past, you know, 24 months. So really how to, how to identify what are the early warning signs of a breach and how to build an incident management team and how to properly respond so that not if, but when a security incident occurs, that healthcare organization has a run book, they've tested the run book, and ultimately um, they're not going to be, uh, you know, they're not going to be found in, in uh, to be gross negligent, if you will. So really topics around that, all the way from uh, getting through healthcare security audits and then kind of my passion, I'm a software developer by trade, really focusing on moving some of those legacy healthcare applications into the cloud, moving some of those legacy healthcare applications into different uh, security and deployment models like software as a service, otherwise known as SaaS or, or DevOps, as healthcare organizations try to become more agile. It's, it's fair to say that I'm fairly new to healthcare, only been in the market for four years, but over 20 years kind of in cloud and IT. Right. So it's been a neat experience for me, Justin, to try to transform that old legacy mindset that sometimes bogs down application developers in healthcare to kind of the new world and do it in a secure fashion. So that's really what I'm going to focus on. No, it's very timely. And even when I had the opportunity for, for the show today, you know, we had that breach here in Atlanta, Equifax. So I'd love to, you know, these yeah. quick thoughts that you have on, you know, what can a healthcare provider learn from this and what, you know, needs to be done to protect their EPHI and what best practices might you offer? Absolutely. So the truth is that um, almost everyone that I speak to in the healthcare market, Justin, they don't have the time or priority to, to, to really do the needful in regards to protecting PHI. And, and that's just a, an ugly truth, right? A healthcare organization, whether a provider or payer, has priorities. Maybe it is a electronic medical record migration. Maybe it is a new phone system. Maybe it's opening new clinics. Maybe it's a new population health app. Whatever it is, the truth is that security and privacy need to be built into the model. And so starting with what security requirements and compliance requirements do we have out of the gate, whether it was migrating an application, sustaining an application, or developing a new you know, greenfield application. Um, we call it kind of that, that security and privacy built in from, from the get-go, and there are absolutely best practices there. The second is to go above and beyond some of the guidance that's out there. Um, I'm a huge proponent of a lot of the HIPAA guidelines. Clearly, clear data's product is based off of uh, HIPAA guidelines amongst others out there in the market. But the truth is, in order to really prepare yourself for, for incidents like Equifax, 
you really need to really get more specific. So for example, an example would be um, a generic, a generic uh, guideline that healthcare organizations follow is you will have encrypted backups, right? Let's go beyond that, right? You will have encrypted backups. They will be off-site. You will keep them for uh, seven years. You will archive them into a, you know, a second location or a second country, depending on the, the type of PHI. And ultimately, organizations like Clear Data, and there's a lot of them out there, really need to focus on how can you go above and beyond. The other thing I'd want to mention regarding what I'm learning about the Equifax situation as, as it goes here is really not just doing tabletop exercises, Justin, but, but really living it. And I'm lucky enough to work with just an amazing chief privacy officer who's actually the founder of our business. And what he has taught me along the way is, Matt, it's really great that you come up with a DR plan. It's really amazing that you guys have um, who do you call when you have different availability or monitoring problems. But the truth, Matt, is that you have to get to the tabletop exercise where you're actually running through the process, all the way from how do you notify the patients to how do you notify your internal employees um, during incident or during breach? What is the backup plan? How do you continue to take care of the patients in your hospital? How do you continue to uh, serve all the way from, you know, all the way to the revenue generation cycle, right? Ultimately, how do you continue to, to run your day-to-day -day business during a security incident so that one, your business doesn't fall over, but more importantly, you're still serving your mission, which in most healthcare organizations is really all about taking care of the patient, improving healthcare in some way, even down to the software company. So the shortest way I can say that um, candidly, Justin, is don't just have a disaster recovery or don't just have a, uh, a security incident book sitting on your desk, right. live it. And what, clear, and what clear data does, while still in, in iteration as, as it will always be, is we do exercises on a quarterly basis where we're actually running through what could really happen, what simulation could really happen and, and run through the entire process soup to nuts. And what that has really done internally yeah. is that has even given us a culture of as the employees are deploying new software or new code, or even down to the, the, the folks in marketing who communicate with our customers, it gives them a, every single time they think about a new operational procedure, they think about, oh boy, what happens if this operational procedure has an incident, what should I do? And that's been a great culture shift for us. Yeah, actually, that, great advice first, Matt. Um, I felt that we deployed that, we built Greenway Medical uh, from scratch and, you know, over that 14-year process and, and, and period, um, I felt that we uh, we kept, you know, most of these security components, disaster recovery and uh, you know, privacy and just security at the fourth tip of our company. We just And also when we went public, we had to go through significant audits because as a publicly traded company, we did not want to have any types of issues, not only for our for our sales, but certainly for our customers or anything like that. So I believe we went through those drills. We went through those certainly – um, as a leadership team, but then also throughout our teams um, and, and also in, in, in drills with our customers as well, if something were to happen. So uh, you, you give fantastic advice. And for those just tuning in, we're speaking with Matt Ferrari, the CTO of Clear Data and the host of the new Healthcare Now radio show, CTO Talk. So kind of moving, I guess, to the next step, because Equifax was a good jumping off point um, for some things that we can begin to, to learn from. But also we're in the middle of hurricane season. We've seen 
the hurricanes that have hit, you know, not only the Caribbean, but certainly Southern Florida. We watched the disasters hitting and the flooding hitting even your state in Texas, but, you know, over over in Houston, but uh, and even parts of Louisiana and so forth. So what lessons can be learned there related to cloud storage, disaster recovery and just keeping data secure? Absolutely. So. The first thing I, I've mentioned before, but it's important to continue to underline is, is, is really test, test, test. What is your DR plan and where does it live? Um, candidly, I came from a lineage that, you know, did things like off-site backups and off-remote backups and backups into other clouds. But the truth is that world's changing and, and those, even those organizations have changed. If you think about the, the sun guards and the inner mountains and kind of the traditional organizations that are moving to more of a cloud storage model. And the first thing is really focusing on testing, whether, whether it is monthly testing, quarterly testing. And what you learn really quickly is that not all apps are built the same. Um, so you can use the same technology on the back end, I'm sure, for the vast majority of recovery. Um, and there's amazing ones in the market, things like um, Azure Recovery Manager and those kind of technologies. But the truth is, inside of the healthcare organization, figure out what is the SLA or the service level agreement? Um, typically, internally, they call it an operational level agreement um, that you need to recover. For example, um, a health organization absolutely needs to prioritize. If it's a hospital, they need to prioritize getting their EMR back up. They need to be able to look at patient data. They need to be able to see what drugs have I given this patient. They need to be able to really get to their charts from a tax imaging perspective, as an example. What's probably less important is the billing data. But the truth is, I, I have a real world example. Um, where during actually a hurricane that, that struck a couple of years ago in, in New York and New Jersey, sure. a healthcare organization had a couple of zettabytes, right? So larger than exabytes, a couple of zettabytes of archived billing data, which clearly they need access to. But the truth is, in case of disaster, they didn't, they didn't need to prioritize that. They didn't need mm -hmm. to do that restore and that failover, Justin, of the billing data. The truth is, their patients would live to see another day. Um, if, if they weren't billed, then that would have been okay. And so I will tell you candidly, it's, if you're an IT leader, get a priority list of what applications need to have different recovery periods because that's also going to allow you to spend more money or spend less money depending on, you know, how quickly do you need what's called, you know, um, PTR or time to recover and really focus then on building out a prioritized list and then assign triage or incident managers to, to test in a rigorous way, actual failover. I know healthcare organizations, for example, that test on Sunday nights, you know, once a month where they're actually doing real-time failover of mission-critical applications from one facility to another. Um, the last thing I will tell you is know the dependency of your vendors. Uh, a lot of healthcare organizations, actually all of them that I can think of, depend on many different you know, sources of truth or many different organizations to deliver their services. Hospitals very rarely make their own EMRs and tax systems and phone systems, those kind of things. Know where they are. Um, you, you, you mentioned Texas, right? We're, we're headquartered in Texas and we work with a great vendor for log intrusion, log management, threat management, really the, the, the bread and butter for notifying us if there's, let's say, an intrusion attempt from uh, another country trying to get into an electronic medical record. That organization was based in Houston, right? And close to my heart, right? Of we, we want to work with them. We want to be able to help them. But at the same time, what is their backup plan? And a good healthcare organization, a good managed services organization will 
not only sign up those vendors, but they will dig into a time of physical or you know self-inflicted disaster. What do your partners do? What do your vendors do? And, and that has been a major learning for me as well. That's a fantastic best practice in itself right there. Um, so you talked about high trust and those certified environments. So I guess, and even for my own edification, I know certainly my audience, tell us about high trust and why is that so important right now? Sure. So high trust um, does have a certification process. And from a high trust, from a, a high level perspective, it's, you know, the Health Information Trust Alliance. It's a company that has established a CSF or a common security framework that can be used for organizations to create, access, store sensitive data. Um, it oftentimes is compared to SOC 2 and PCI and HIPAA, but it is way more prescriptive um, than many of those. It uses common frameworks and best practices um, that include, you know, but not limited to things like NIST and CIS best practices in the market. And the truth is, it, it's hard to achieve um, for, you know, for everyone's benefit today, I will tell you that clear data as we went through high trust back in 2014, mm -hmm. we probably built 600 new policies and procedures just mm -hmm. to meet the standards. Um, when I talk about Justin going above and beyond um, just the kind of the guidelines, we found that we wanted to be more prescriptive. So from a healthcare perspective, it's great that we encrypt data at rest and data in transit, which is you know the, yeah. the guidance of, of HIPAA. But the truth is, how do you actually ensure that it remains encrypted? How do you get notifications internally to your security operations center or your network operations center when somebody does something silly like open a firewall port you know, to, another, to another country or to the public internet? Those kind of things became very prescriptive, not only in our platform, but as we went through high trust certification, it became not only let's write it down and say that we do it, but as we went through a high trust certification and high trust audit, which is an on-site audit of kind of the, yes, you have it written down, now show me how you do it. And I will tell you that that has become incredibly important to healthcare organizations. Matter of fact, even though we're a service provider at the end of the day for healthcare, mm -hmm. the truth is many healthcare organizations are now going through high trust themselves. Okay, that was gonna be my follow-up question is, you know, who is this specifically applicable to? Is it just companies with data, you know, obviously data at rest is very important, certainly keeping encrypted, but so now large health systems are going through this type of a certification as well? They are. As a matter of fact, the way that um, myself and our chief privacy officer got involved with high trust is because the executive council members of kind of the high trust alliance mm -hmm. is are many folks from healthcare. So if you think about sure. Anthem, and HCSC or Healthcare Service Corporation or even HCA, right? Hospital Corporation of America. So the largest you yep. know, payers and providers in the market. The truth is many of them are on the executive council. So those guys are building out what is the pres prescriptive guidance as they continue to expand that common security framework. To put it in perspective, um, they just launched what's called High Trust version nine. And as they move into Hydrus 9.1, it's going to actually start to add guidance for some of the upcoming functions. And you mentioned a little bit earlier about international. So some of the upcoming frameworks out there that are coming in Europe, like GDPR. And so a lot of those frameworks are now being covered inside of the Hytrust certification and Hytrust Alliance. Okay. Excellent. Now, thank you. So we're moving into the lightning round of the radio show. We've got a couple minutes left, but I want to cover, cover a couple extra topics. 
Hims 18 in Las Vegas. I actually just made my hotel reservations today, and I think I'm about to register in the next couple of days. I'm on a couple of boards, so I'm waiting to see how that works with my other board seats. But um, tell us about, you know, first of all, you're going to be at Hims 18, um, and then your background, you know, cybersecurity, and what other things do you expect to, to, to be the conversation out there, I would say. Absolutely. So I will be at HIMSS 18. This will be my fourth HIMSS, so I'm still fairly new to it. But I will tell you that this is the the most important event in Clear Data's year, not only because we launched new products there yeah. on the cybersecurity front, but candidly, it's also where I can have, you know, 200 conversations over a period of four days just to get incredible market insight, and market input. Cybersecurity is going to be an enormous topic. Clear Data was able to speak back-to-back -back years at HIMSS and talk about cybersecurity as it, as it migrates and tra transitions to cloud. And we're going to continue that conversation in the upcoming year. I would expect that cybersecurity, specifically with what's going on from a breach and security incident platform perspective, will be, if not the hot topic, it will probably be in the top three. I couldn't agree more. So I like this following question, and I do it for a best practice for all the listeners, is to please make your HIMSS reservation, certainly your hotel. You get the best pricing and the best selection by registering way in advance. If you wait to the, a month out or even a couple weeks out or so, you could, it could be slim pickings. 42,000 of us plus will be there. Uh, it's the March 5th through the 9th. So, and I think this would be my seven, 16th HIMSS or 17th HIMSS coming up personally. So uh, not to give away my age wow. or anything, but um, it's wow. uh, it's the place to be for sure come uh, come spring uh, each year. But my final question for you, Matt, is, and I, and I ask this of all my guests, what is your favorite place to get or be inspired? It's two. Uh, I will tell you the first is, sounds boring, but it's just where my passion lies. When I made a shift to move from traditional horizontal managed services and hosting, I left for a reason. And that's because I have a passion for our customers. It's a very emotional thing for me. Yeah. Understanding not the technical problem, but yeah. ultimately what problem are they trying to solve for, for the greater world? And so almost all of my passion, Justin, lies in getting in front of our customers and prospects and really understanding what makes them tick and, and what are they thinking about and what are they trying to solve, right? I, I I'm lucky enough that I get to work with healthcare organizations that, for example, are research firms and they are de-identifying patient data so that they can use it for clinical trials to try to cure disease and, and even reduce patient stay and revisit. And those things are just incredible, incredibly passionate passion for me. The second, you know, the second is a little bit more personal. I have three kids and I want them to really grow up to, to, to live in a different world. And so I will tell you that on weekends, what inspires me is to be around my children and recharge and stop and think about what should the world be like for them? And ultimately, how can I help in my little tiny circle or my little tiny piece to make it better for them? No, that's excellent. I love it. Great to have you as my show guest today. Uh, and thank you, Matt, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And also congratulations on uh, not only the growth of clear data, but also your new show, uh, CTO Talk. So thank you, Matt. Yes, thank you very much, Justin. I appreciate the time. You got it. And thanks to everyone for listening and joining us today. Please tune in weekdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific. As always, you can track me on Twitter at HIT Advisor and use the hashtag ThisJustIn so you can respond to your comments from the show. Uh, in addition, all my content will be posted on my website at JustinBarnes.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a terrific week.